Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. It is a semi-final edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are here to get you to the championship. I am Paul Jarchi, and my co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hello, gentlemen. I love the energy you said my name that time. I don't. I don't know why. Last week was I like that. Uh, Scott Fish. Scott Fish. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it sounds. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, so exciting week. There's so many moving parts. I need to be upfront about this. Normally, we record late Friday because of the holiday. We're recording late Thursday, and there's a million things that are changing by the minute. Well, what about those that celebrate Festivus? I'm a little bitter about this. I yeah, we are right. honestly care today. less about Christmas Eve. I want to celebrate Festivus. I'm with you. I would do this on Christmas Eve if I needed to. But we are. This is this is the hand we've been dealt. So bear in mind, we're going with the best information, most current information we've got as of Thursday. Hopefully, most of this is still salient, relevant. By yeah, the time nothing will change. Today, nothing will, nothing right. will change. And if anything does, you can just go to guillotineleagues.com and check out Charge's ranks. That's right. I am updating the rankings constantly. This is For two weeks, it's my whole job. It's all he does. It's just updating rankings all day. Oh, man. We will have earned the end of this season. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Plenty to get to over the course of this show. We'll still give you... To take a chance on me, guys, and now maybe more important than ever, with these all of the starters going down with COVID, we'll give you nine guys that you can pivot to. Three tough questions remain in play, including some playoff-specific questions coming your way, and we'll break down all the matchups, beginning with what feels like a defensive struggle, Scott, between Buffalo and the New England Patriots. Obviously, last game was the Arctic Wind Bowl. Right. I don't think you can glean very much from that game. <laughs> I can if the, if that can be a fourteen to ten score in that weather. I got to expect at least double in this. Weather. Well, you'd hope in so. Good, yes, in decent weather. On the Bills side, I have Josh Allen with a B grade, not not quite his usual A that he gets on this show. Agreed. He's had multiple touchdowns in five of his last six, and if you're thinking back, that one was a really really windy game. <laughs> so uh, th- three straight really good rushing days for him as well. Why the B? The Pats have held three of the last five quarterbacks they faced under 100 yards. That's nuts, by and, the way. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Under 100 passing for three of their last five. Six straight quarterbacks under 175. They've really shut down the pass game. Yeah. And only one of those was a windy game. So, so there's no excuse. I will say Josh Allen was one of the better games of that with like 150 yards. But Yeah, in the wind. Yeah, in the wind. B grade for Josh Allen. I got a B grade on Stefan Diggs. I don't love it because I feel like that's the guy Bill Belichick is going to try to take away. But even his bad games aren't bad. He has 69 plus and or a score in every game that wasn't that Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Every single one, 69 and or a score. You're, you're, you're getting, you know, seven plus points out of him no matter what. He's He's got a C-level floor. Uh, I can't give him an A, though, just because of the tough Pats matchup. They've allowed the fewest receptions and second fewest yards to wide receivers. I am giving a C grade on Davis. I know Manuel Sanders is back, but Cole Beasley's out. I feel like that opens maybe, up. Maybe out. Maybe out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that you don't think isn't no, the game within no, 10 he's days? Out. no, 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 he's out. He's unvaccinated. He's unvaccinated. So he's out. No, yeah. You're, right. you're so absolutely right. He's days. out. Uh, he, 
Gabriel Davis has the most red zone, red zone targets on the team in the last three weeks with eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time for two years, last year, seven touchdowns when John Brown was out. Last week when Sanders was out, he had two more. When someone's out and he comes in, he steps up. I don't know how he doesn't get more playing time. We've been big on him on this show for two years now. I know. Uh, Dawson Knox, a C grade two. My concern here is Davis keeps stealing his red zone looks. Yeah, That's what that. was great for him earlier mm-hmm. in the season. He, he is getting five-plus targets almost every single game, and he does also have six red zone targets in the last three games. He gets those still. It's just not as many as Davis. Yeah, not Knox, a huge yardage guy, but maybe a touchdown. In Knox there. had, I think, four completions in the first quarter of last week's game, and I'm like, oh, Dawson oh, Knox is going to be huge. And, and then he didn't catch another pass. No. Uh, but a C grade on him. A C grade on Devin Singletary. He's, he completely took over that backfield last week, 20-plus touches. He's a good pass catcher. The team indicated this week that they, they want him to be the lead role. They think he's got the lead role. I've been fooled before by the, this Buffalo backfield, yeah. though, so I'm keeping him at a C grade. And the Pats, uh, the Pats are likely to shut down Allen and Diggs. That's probably what they'll try to shut down. So maybe Singletary can get some pass catching work. Uh, 10 running backs have topped 100 total yards in the last 12 games against the Pats, which, which well, that's a surprising. little surprising. It is. But you, so, can't, you can't pass on the Pats. Exactly. You running. can't pass on them. So mm-hmm. that's why I get I give a starting grade to Devin Singletary, who I don't think has had a starting grade this season. Probably not. Not often. Yeah, not often. On the other side, I got Mac Jones on the bench. He's a decent real-life quarterback. He's just not a great fantasy quarterback. Uh, and against this Bills D that... <laughs> They've only given up one good passing day this entire year, and that was to Tom Brady. Yeah. They they they've been a, they've struggled a little bit less, a little bit with Tre'Davious White out. Uh, one good game, one bad game, and then the wind game. So we'll see, but I, I don't trust Jones in this this likely tough matchup. Jacoby Myers, C grade. Kendrick Bourne on the COVID list. Not sure if he'll be back, but if he's not, it just substantiates that C grade even more 12 targets last week, 30 in his last five full games for Jacoby Myers. Uh, if you start anyone in the passing game, it's gotta be him just cause he's probably going to get that C grade on volume. He keeps getting six, seven, 10 targets. Uh, this is a top ranked pasty though. They don't have Tredavious white. They held down the Panthers. There's a lot to be concerned. I was very close to benching him, but once Bourne landed on COVID, I thought, all right, a C yeah, grade. Sure. You, you might get the volume in the, one last passing game. Oh my gosh, this uh, is a, such a matchup. Between players, Henry. no but no playoff team should have most. Hunter Henry, you might have. He scored like ten nine in ten games, he scored nine touchdowns. Nine times in ten games. Nine times. Uh nine he usually doesn't top times. forty yards, but he's he's scoring consistently. The Bills have only allowed three tight end touchdowns this year. But he did score in that other in the last one. So I have a C grade on him just because he can get touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevenson and Harris. Harris is back. He's practicing. He's healthy. You can't run very well on the Bills. Actually, I'm both on the bench if Harris does go. Yeah. If Harris doesn't go, I'm giving Stevenson the C grade. I think that that makes complete sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, they'll split up enough work against a good defense that yeah. that probably neutralizes both. Brian, Jacksonville taking on the Jets. This one should be a much shorter, easier one. And... It has to James be James right? Robinson <laughs> might be a semifinal winner right here. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and hit that fantasy Fonzie button, please, Josh? I would be very James happy. Robinson hey. Is- hey. Hey. 
84% snap share last week with Urban Meyer back on the bar stool. The song <laughs> remains the same. The Jets suck against running backs, allowing 180 combo yards and nearly two touchdowns per game. Easy A, Defonzie A, A for James Robinson. Uh, over to the wide receivers, Marvin Jones, despite getting out-targeted by LaVishka Chenault and Laquan Treadwell last week, Jones is still the one Jacksonville wide receiver I would play. But you know what? I don't have to. They're all on the bench. That's right. Good. The Jets are too easy to run on. But you know who's not on the bench? Dan Arnold. Oh, he's back back. from the deck. The Jets are allowing more than five catches and 62 yards per game to tight ends. So if you're in desperate need of a tight end, Dan Arnold is your guy. Mm. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is not your guy. A quarterback, he's on the bench. That's pretty easy. Let me just just mention this about Trevor Lawrence. I tweeted this uh, earlier this week. He started the season with a three-touchdown game. And then he went one touchdown, one touchdown. That's five touchdowns in his first three games. Yep. He has four touchdowns the rest of the year mm. and one touchdown in the last two months. Yep. Trevor Lawrence, the first player yep. taken. The only reason this is not a gigantic story of how the first overall player has taken has been this bad is because he's in Jacksonville. Right, but I mean, like, is Houston a great spot? No, Davis Mills is doing okay. Yeah, Davis third Mills is, he's doing, is, he is doing. Are well. the Bears a great spot? No, Justin Fields is doing all right. Yeah, yep. Trevor Lawrence uh, shaping up to be a bust, but we won't we won't write him off just yet. But anyway, we're writing him off for this week. Uh, over to the Jets, uh, a lot more to write off here, uh, including Michael Carter. He's on the bench. Just saw forty four percent of the snaps last week. There, the Jags there are, can't be anybody to start here, is there? I'm just going to say James. We'll just cut to the chase. Thank you, Jameson Crowder. I'll give him a C. The Jaguars are allowing 14 catches, 170 yards, and one touchdown per game to wide receiver units. Uh, he's the one I would start, even though it is a Keelan Cole revenge game. <laughs> it is a Keelan Cole revenge game. But I can't go there. Uh, yeah, oh. Braxton Berrios, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims combined for two catches last week. Mims had the most targets with three, but the least <laughs> catches with zero among those guys. <laughs> three. So, uh, yeah, Crowder is your only startable Jet this week. Let me mention this just briefly on the Jets. For those, especially in Dynasty or Empire uh, leagues where you, you drafted Zach Wilson, he's clearly played much better in these past, whatever, three games since he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson has dramatically improved. If you wrote him off in the first two months, but you know, and then he got hurt, I'm telling you, He's played far better lately. I did contemplate him as my take a chance on me quarterback. Wow. I'll give him okay. that. I'll All give right. him that much, but he's Ooh. on the bench. All right. I'm with you on that. Baltimore Ravens take on the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not rooting for injury here, but I am rooting that they rest Lamar Jackson for another week. He didn't practice again on Thursday. Correct. And if he, because, you know, with him on a foot injury, if you don't have the mobility, then what you've got on average out of Lamar Jackson is 260 passing yards, which isn't bad. And about a touch, a little over a touchdown per game, which isn't great. So I just think I'd rather have a fully healthy Tyler Huntley, not just for Huntley's sake, mm-hmm. but for all the receivers' sake as well, because he's proven himself to be pretty good. Get this: in his three full games, Tyler Huntley's Hunt, Huntley has completed seventy-one percent of his passes. That's Drew Brees level completion levels. It's a, it's remarkable for Huntley. And his running ability can spark a high-end fantasy game, just like last week when he was the highest-scoring quarterback in fantasy football. He's earning a paycheck next year, free agent after the year. Well, you know, yeah, he is, right? (laughs) Yep. I mean, what will be fascinating, and again, not to get a a hold ahead of ourselves here, Lamar Jackson's going to insist on getting paid this offseason as he heads into his fifth year of his rookie Mm -hmm. deal. 
He's going to insist on getting paid. He's going to want top yep. five money. Yeah. Ravens may look at all of, you know, may decide we don't want to give top five money to Lamar Jackson, which would be a reasonable conclusion to draw. Either side of it could be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Then you got to you work out a deal with Tyler Huntley, who will be pennies on the dollar compared to what it would cost to get Lamar Jackson. Roll with him. Then Jackson goes straight to Pittsburgh. You know it. <laughs> he probably does. He probably does. For sure. It could work out that way. Anyway, um, I've got a B grade on Tyler Huntley, a C grade on Lamar Jackson if he goes. Let's talk about the receivers. Mark Andrews has just turned into an obvious A, and I don't even think I need to elaborate on it other than to say no drop-off whatsoever with Tyler Huntley. Mm-mm. And so no, don't have to worry about that at all. Let's go to Marquise Brown. He's got 10, he got 10 receptions from Huntley last week, which is great. But his scoreless streak now sits at six straight games for Hollywood Brown. He's faced the Bengals four times in his career. He has scored in all four games, which is good news. And he's going to probably see a fair amount of Trey Waynes on the outside. Waynes has barely played in his two years since going to Cincinnati. And he's giving up a passer rating of 143 in his coverage. I've got a B grade on Marquise Brown. Rashad Bateman sparked to life last week. Uh, He roasted Cincy for 80 yards on the only three catches in their prior meeting. Uh, So maybe he doesn't need a ton of volume here. Maybe he could, you know, be all right on just three or four catches again here. Um, Also on the outside, see some of the same Trey Waynes, which would be helpful. Um, I've got a C grade on Bateman if you need to go that direction. The running backs, Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray. Guys, we had a, if you didn't pay attention to last week's game, we have a full-blown timeshare mm. going on in Baltimore. If last week is any indication, both guys now, I believe, impossible to start unless you think last week was an aberration with Latavius Murray getting mo- more touches. The only angles I can really offer you here is that the Bengals give up a lot of receptions and receiving yards to opposing running backs, and Freeman is the better pass catcher. So I give the preferred I, – I, neither gets a C grade, but if I had to pick one or the other, I would pick Devonta Freeman. All right, let's go over to – the Cincinnati side, where really the biggest storyline is the Ravens' defense, which in Thursday's practice had a total of 13 available players. Jeez. That's it. Oh, man. So there, you have to watch all of the COVID and injuries that have stricken the Baltimore defense. And I've got, I had strong grades on especially the passing game anyway, but you can ratchet everybody up a letter grade. If it turns out that this level of in, you know injury and COVID continues to strike Baltimore, the NBA is bringing back a bunch of uh, relics because of COVID. I think uh, Ed Reed could maybe suit up for the they, Ravens. They might want to go still. that way. Let's talk about the receivers. T. Higgins gets an A. Uh, prior to last week's flop, Higgins had a run of three straight 100-yard games, and he chipped in two scores over that span. And Baltimore's secondary has surrendered five receiver scores in their last three games, probably missing multiple starters here. So T. Higgins gets an A. You can't advance him to higher than an A if a bunch of Baltimore players are out, but you could with Jamar Chase, who's got a B grade right now. Horrific game last week. Uh, I believe it was one catch three yards for Chase last week. Mm -hmm. I believe that's correct. Only one game uh, with a touchdown in his last month, and over that month, Here's Jamar Chase's average game. Three and a half catches, 42 yards. That's it. But he put up 200 yards on the Ravens in the last matchup between these teams. 
So remain startable with a B. And again, if it turns out that all the starters are missing from the Baltimore secondary, go ahead and bump them up to an A. Tyler Boyd, startable here as well. He's seen at least five targets in three straight games, turning those looks into nearly five catches per game for an average of 79 yards. As it stands, it looks like lightly used journeyman Kevin Seymour will man the slot for the Ravens. That would be a major plus matchup for Tyler Boyd, who comes in with a B as well. And if I like all those receivers, obviously I love Joe Burrow in this game. It is a get-right opportunity for Burrow. Mm -hmm. Even when the Baltimore defense was at full strength, Burrow would have been a strong start here. But as it stands, he is an obvious A grade. And I believe I have him ranked number two or three at the quarterback position this week. Lastly, Joe Mixon. This one's trickier because he has really hit a wall with injuries and timeshare. Over the last three games, he's averaging 57 rushing yards on three yards per carry and has one touchdown in the last three games. And the Ravens have been a great run defense, allowing the fifth fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs. And he's got the ankle injury, which is always dangerous on a running back. I don't like that. So I've got him as a B grade here, depending on whether or not the Baltimore defense is how many people are out, but you could lower him to a C grade, which is where where I originally had Joe Mixon. <sighs> like last week, a lot of if-then statements yeah. in all of these matchups. If this happens, this grade. If this happens, that yep. grade. Yeah. We're doing our best, folks, and so are you. I know this is very challenging. Fantasy managers, you're earning your championships mm-hmm. this year like yep. no other season. When we come back, nine players upon whom you can take a chance. We'll give you our take a chance of me players in moments. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. starting lineup you need it this week more than most man it is uh we're dumpster diving for starters and we begin at the quarterback position 
Scott Fish, your Take a Chance with Me quarterback. Before we start, can I like that song, but can we petition to get the chipmunks back? I love the chipmunks. I wish we could. I want the chipmunks. I, look, if it were up to me, it'd be chipmunks every week. All right. Except it wouldn't be chipmunks every week. Take a chance on me. Quarterback, I have Matt Ryan. I know it sounds gross. He has like three touchdown passes in the last six games. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But he's playing against the Lions, who over the last four games have allowed 288 yards and two scores per game to mm. opposing quarterbacks. That's a lot. And it's actually a pretty decent spot for him. Uh, I have Matt Ryan. C grade. Okay. People like to hear that. All C right. grade. Uh, Brian, you're taking a chance on me, quarterback. Used him last week, going to use him again. Tua Tungo Vailoa uh, at the Saints this week. He will get Jalen Waddle back. That's a, a big boon mm -hmm. for Tua. Uh, over the last three weeks, the Saints own the highest opponent passing play percentage at 69%. And during that same stretch, New Orleans has yielded the most pass attempts per game at 43-plus. Saints very tough to run on. I just think Tua airs it out on Monday night against New Orleans. For once, we can't use Jimmy Garoppolo because he's Thursday know. night. So, you know, know, we can't do that. Uh, we'll, I'm going to go to a more desperation play than either of yours. Ooh, Drew Locke going up against the Raiders. I don't know what scenario exists that you need to start Drew Locke. Maybe you were you were counting on Taysom Hill or something. But here's your quasi-plausible scenario. I'm starting Ian him. Book in a league. I wish I had uh, you Drew do, You'd like to go there. Uh, Locke's everything that Teddy Bridgewater isn't. He's strong-armed and mistake-prone. He is a boomer bust fantasy producer with some boom opportunity this week because last year he started against Las Vegas. He put up 339 yards and two scores against Ooh. the Raiders. Ooh. Drew Locke did. Earlier this year, Teddy posted his best game of the season against the Raiders, 334 and three. So this team knows how to beat the Raiders. Vegas is a slumping secondary over the past five weeks. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns and the third most passing yards. Drew Locke. It does. It actually kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Let's go it to does. the running back position. You take a chance of me, runner, Scott. I am going with Jordan Howard. And as the week rolls on here, that might be even more, mm -hmm. <laughs> more and more like a good spot. Uh, just listeners love this. I have a C grade on. They like to, they like to know the actual grade. He has 10-plus touches in five consecutive games he's played and has put Scott and Gainwell on the bench. Miles Sanders is dinged up with a quad injury. He had 57 or more yards in all five. He's got 17 red zone touches in those last five mm. games. And this is kind of the game against the Giants that they might pound the clock late yeah. and a lot of Howard. So, Jordan Howard. Yeah. If you're Kenneth Gainwell, that's got to hurt to have yeah. the undead corpse of Jordan Howard getting reps over Right. Right. Brian, you're taking a chance on me running back. Yeah, Fish just said take on players usually get a C, and that's why I'm going with C-Rex Burkhead. The C-Rex. Oh. I know we don't have a sound for a, a T-Rex, but uh, um, I'll work on that. While we'll, get it. we'll get one okay. later for C-Rex. Uh, he's at home against the – close enough. That'll work. Yeah. Uh, at home against the Chargers uh, last week <laughs> – uh, eh, not that, as good. That was like the, the fourth Jurassic Park. They had the ducks in there. Those, those movies get worse by the, the installments. But anyway, Burkhead uh, led Houston with 19 opportunities last week. Uh, those are targets and carries, by the way, opportunities. David Johnson and Royce Freeman combined for just 10. The Chargers are allowing the fourth most rushing yards, uh, 115 per game, and the third most touchdowns, 1.3 per game, to opposing running backs. So C-Rex, rawr. 
Leonard Fournette's not going to play. Gio Bernard's on injured reserve. Ronald Jones is going to get a lot of work against Carolina. In relief last week, he averaged eight yards per carry. And on the season, he's been good for almost five yards per carry, just like he was last year. Ronald Jones doesn't stink. They don't like him, apparently. He's always in the doghouse or whatever. But he's they got to start him. They don't have a choice. He's not going to come close to Fournette's receiving numbers, but he'll get almost all the carries against a team, giving up 100 rushing yards per game over the last five weeks. They've also allowed five rushing touchdowns over the past five games. Ronald Jones could hit 100 yards and a touchdown if all of those trends hold. Let's go to the receivers. Scott, who's your take a chance on me, receiver? So I'm in this sleeper bowl 2021 with AJ Dillon. I don't know if I've mentioned no. it. No, no. Only, only tell us every more. Week about your good friend AJ Dillon. <laughs> I'm the number one seed, and I'm playing against AJ Dillon, and he sneakily picked up Alan Lazard to mm. play against me. I think he's got some inside uh, knowledge. Yeah, there you go. In this matchup, so you should pick up Alan Lazard. By the way, MVS on the COVID list. Marquez Valdez scan oh, on yeah. the COVID list. So Lazard will see that number two work. And Ronald Cobb probably like the out too. So, you're taking a chance with me, runner, Brian. Uh, receiver, and I'm not playing oh, against receiver. him. Receiver, I'm, I'm not playing against this guy in any fantasy league, but I might use him uh, on Sunday. And that's Zach Pascal of the Colts at Arizona. On the season, the Cardinals have allowed the third most touchdowns to wide receivers. Six wide receiver touchdowns allowed over their last. Three games alone. The Cardinals just put starting corner Robert Alford on IR last week. And uh, lastly, slot receivers have done very well against Arizona lately. Over the last three weeks, Jakeem Grant, five catches, 62 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, 13 catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. And last week, Fish's boy, Amon Ross St. Brown, eight catches, 90 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Zach Pascal is next. Zach Pascal, man, if you hit that, I'll be very impressed. You will be. I've got Van Jefferson going up against the Vikings. He runs from all over the field, left, right, and from the slot, and has positive matchups in all three spots against Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, and Cameron Dantzler. Mackenzie Alexander slumped all the way to the very bottom of Pro Football Focus's uh, cornerback rankings, and the Vikings have allowed the most yards to wide receivers, 191 per game. And over the last five weeks, that 191 balloons up to 208 yards per game to wide receivers. They've allowed the second most touchdowns to wideouts. And we've seen a ton of depth guys tear up the Vikings just recently. Demir Bird, James Washington, Josh Reynolds, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Why not? Van Jefferson's probably better than all those guys. Yeah, I think he is. So, you yeah. know, why not him? Uh, Scott, do you remember... Jeremy Hill, Bengals running back from a few yes, years ago. Yes, I don't like talking about him, but yes. Yeah, I don't know why. He got a, a torrid, torrid love affair. Jeremy Hill on. beat him in a, in a fantasy Off league. Fair. Okay, so he had, I remember at one point, people cracked the code on his personal fantasy league, mm-hmm. and they found where he was running his league on ESPN. And, okay. you know, they're all quasi-public. You can't change Jeremy Hill's team but you could see his team yeah and so people would figure out who and he had all these bengals on his team because he was a bengal and so people figure out who was in and out based on who jeremy hill was starting on his fantasy team. that's crazy Mm -hmm. so adding legitimately legitimacy to my i think that could be uh detroit lions taking on the atlanta falcons scott for the lions jared goff looks like there's a good chance he won't go and honestly i don't don't really like any part of this this offense without him you don't trust tim boyle no i don't trust him after the last time no i have both quarterbacks on the bench actually i i don't of course i I hope so (laughs) jared goff was not playing well enough to uh to deserve a start anyway in the passing game though if goff goes i like Amon ra again 
if Boyle goes, I kind of want to bench everybody yeah. in the passing game. But if Goff goes, I have a C grade on Amon Ra. Uh, he's just clicking all the boxes right now. 178 targets in the last three games. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. 178 sounds right. Um, Charch has not paid attention to me. You can tell that. <laughs> 178 targets. Um, they constantly feed him. Eight-plus catches, 70-plus yards in all three. Uh, so I have a C grade on him just because he gets crazy volume if he if Goff does go. Uh, everyone else is on the bench in the passing game. But DeAndre Swift, I'm going to give an A grade to. If he comes back, which it sounds like he's going to be mm-hmm. back, I, we're putting Netflix, uh, Craig Reynolds, back on the bench. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Swift... He had 136 total yards in a score the last time Boyle started because he got all the work. They just kept feeding him yeah, and passing I just, him. My worry is, you know, with his long layoff, is he ready to get all the work immediately when he comes back? And what if, if Jamal Williams is also uh, off the COVID list, which looks like it could looks be the like case? Looks like it could be. So I'm, that's my worry on Swift. Yeah, it's it's not like an, an aardvark type A. It's a low-end A, but it's an A for Swift just because I think he'll get a ton of I don't know how that works. On the Atlanta side, Matt Ryan was my take a chance on me quarterback. So naturally, I like his pass catchers just a little bit at least. Uh, I have a B grade on Gage. Are people even watching how good Gage is? Like he mossed two guys last week. He's playing out of his mind right now. He is playing well. 60 plus and or a score in six of his last seven. 90 plus in two of the last three. With Pitts taking so much attention, Ryan's turning to Gage and he's he's making it happen. Mm-hmm. B-grade on Gage, B-grade on Pitts. I have to. Despite all that attention, he still gets targets. 60-plus yards in six of his last nine. This matchup, man, 12 different tight ends. 12 have top 50 and or scored. Four of them in the last three games alone. Um, he might, however, see some coverage from Amani Arui. Aru Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who's been stellar lately. And I think if he goes on anyone, it might be Pitts. But I still have a B-grade there. Cordero Patterson, I'm going to keep doing it every week that I'm on this show. I pretty much give Patterson A grade because you can't. I I'm dude, sorry. It, it, it jigs up on Patterson. That's the pumpkin. That, that it, is it's gone. To that midnight. is my concern after last he week. We pumpkin. talked about this concern. Yes, but the Lions are just such a nice matchup for running backs. They're one of the worst in the league. They're like third worst. They're bottom ten in almost every single category. Uh, and he's game script proof. If they fall behind, they'll pass to him. If they, they don't they pass to him though, then he's not even running routes anymore. Oh man, that's the problem. The Lions have allowed 22 running back touchdowns this year. Nine backs over 100 yards. Uh, I want to believe it's true, too, but the reality is... San Francisco was a tough defense last week. Way tougher, unquestionably. But the thing, it's not a new trend. He's now gone five games having virtually no impact on the passing game We've talked about our And he's a timeshare running back. Yeah. That's that's why I can't be. I'm not on board with this A grade on Cordero right. Patterson. All right. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, and Indianapolis Colts take on the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, you know what to do. But what about elements of the passing game beyond Zach Pascal, who is all but a lock yep. for a massive game here? Is Carson Wentz somebody you're going to go to war with? What about Michael Pittman, who got one catch before getting ejected last week? What do you do with those guys? We'll talk through Colts and Cardinals when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. GuillotineLeagues.com. All my player rankings updated there. We've been very forthright about today's show and that we are recording on Thursday due to the holiday. And that means that we're working with a little less information than you might be when you hear this. So we're doing our best with what we know at the time. We encourage you to, to apply some uh, breaking news judgment as needed. Indianapolis takes on the Arizona Cardinals. Brian, obviously, um, Jonathan Taylor goes without saying is an obvious A, but the passing game to me is much more intriguing. What do you think about Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman, and some of the other bubble guys that people might be thinking about? Uh, well, we know I like Zach Pascal. He was my uh, mm-hmm. take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. That's because the Cardinals have allowed the third-most touchdowns to wide receivers, uh, six to the position over the last three games alone. For that reason, I gave uh, Michael Pittman a C. I'm not going to give T.Y. Hilton a starting grade, though. I just can't do it, T.Y. I'm sorry. And as far as the tight ends go, if Mowally Cox and Jack Doyle were one person, yeah, it'd be it would be a story. Sc- starting grade, but they are not. Uh, but for as far as goes for Carson Wentz, I still got him on the bench. Hmm. There's the very real fear that Jonathan Taylor takes this game over. And uh, the Cardinals are allowing just 224 yards and one and a half passing touchdowns per game. Wentz is a, a surefire start in two quarterback leagues, but I, I don't see him cracking top 12, top 15 territory uh, at quarterback. So he's on the bench for me. You hit on the key problem. The It's so easy to run on the cards. A giant game potentially coming from Taylor, and that might eat into what Carson Wentz yeah. would have gotten. Starting done. linebackers, I'd say, is Simmons and Marcus Golden for Arizona are both banged up, questionable to play. Mm-hmm. Bodes well for Taylor, but he's an obvious say. Uh, over to the 
Cardinals side, James Conner has been an obvious start in recent weeks, but I got him on the bench now that yeah. Chase Edmonds is back. Well, and uh, he's still not 100% from the heel injury that yeah. he suffered two weeks ago. Yeah, he's not a hundo, and uh, he's in that 50-50 timeshare, and it's a tough mm-hmm. matchup. The Colts are ranked fifth against the run by Pro Football Focus. Uh, they just held New England to 39 rushing yards last week, so I got Conner and Edmonds on the bench. I almost benched Christian Kirk, but uh, I did not. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, over the last five games, no receiver has tallied more than 52 yards against Indianapolis. And during that same span, the Colts have allowed the second fewest yards to wide receivers and have given up just two touchdowns to the position. Both went to Stephon Diggs. Uh, Christian Kirk is not Stephon Diggs. A.J. Green used to be Stephon Diggs, but he's certainly not anymore. He is on the bench. Uh, but Zach Ertz is not. If he plays, yeah. he's got a hamstring. He should he should he play. He played through it last week, yeah. and they still targeted him, I think, 11 times. So yeah. apparently it's not that bad. He should be good to go. So I'm going to give him the B. Uh, last week the Colts were picked apart by New England tight ends, uh, mainly Hunter Henry, not Jonu Smith. Sorry to say, Charge. No. Uh, for 80 yards and two touchdowns, Indy has also allowed the most yards to the tight end position hmm. on the season. So a, a safe B for Ertz, but just monitor that hammy, but he should be fine. And not a very safe B for Kyler Murray, but I'm going to give him a B here. Uh, the Colts have surrendered just three passing touchdowns over their last three games, and that includes limiting Tom Brady to just 226 yards and one touchdown in Week 12. And uh, it kind of gets worse for Murray, who he did have a good rushing game against the he Bears. Did. They, they ran him a lot in that game. But on the season, he hasn't been running a ton. But Indy has not allowed a quarterback rushing touchdown all season. Mm. And they face the likes of Ryan Tannehill, who has seven rushing touchdowns, right. by the way. Yep. That's like fourth among running backs right. for Ryan Tannehill. And Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson mm. held all those guys out of the end zone. So not, not a smash spot for Murray at all, but I will Agreed. still give him a B. And that's it for the cards. Rams take on the Vikings. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are obvious A's against a struggling secondary that just jettisoned a starting cornerback one week ago and the team that allows the most passing yards over the last five weeks and the most yards to wide receivers specifically. So Cup and Stafford are obvious A's, but that also means I like Odell Beckham a lot. Not only have the Vikings given up the most yardage to wide receivers, they're giving up, they've given up at least 86 yards to a receiver in six of the last seven games. Beckham is the most likely guy to get that. Over the last five games, Viking secondaries also allowed seven touchdowns to the position. So obviously over one per game. Beckham lines up on the left side of the field most often. That puts him on the Vikings' best cornerback, Patrick Peterson. Van Jefferson's on the right. He was my take a chance on me. Wide receiver. He also has a B grade in this game. Let's go to the... Running backs, Sony Walkman and Daryl Henderson. They are now locked in an unfortunate committee. Sony had the upper hand last week, out-touching Henderson by almost 3-1, to one, but Henderson should be healthier now. The Vikings' key run defenders are healthy, and over the past three weeks, they're giving up just 3.9 yards per carry. But mm. even on that, they've managed to give up decent games to Najee Harrison and David Montgomery the past two weeks. Uh, my guess is either Sony or Daryl end up with good games, but good a yeah. good game, but I don't think they both do, and no. I don't love either one. So what about Cam Akers? No way. <laughs> but it's nice that he's been activated. Yep. I, I'd like. To, I bet they give him some work in week eighteen. Yeah. Just to get his legs back a little bit, off. right? Knock the rust off, and yep. then see what he can do in the playoffs. Let's go to the Viking side, where there's a little more intrigue here. Dalvin Cook, as you already know, is out. Let's talk about Alexander Madison, who averages a whopping twenty-four touches. In games that Cook misses, 
and they don't they barely give anybody else any carries. They really trust Madison in this role. The Rams allow the third fewest yards per carry, just 3.9 on the season. And since ending their losing skid three weeks ago, no back has topped 41 rushing yards against them. That is not good news for that is not good news for Alexander Madison. The last running back to hit 100 yards against the Rams, week four. James Conner posted 94 receiving yards against Los Angeles, but Madison doesn't catch much, and I don't think that means much. I've got a B grade just on sheer volume for Alexander Madison, but I don't love the matchup. Let's talk through the passing game, beginning with Justin Jefferson. Hopefully, the Vikings will overcorrect for last week's egregious underutilization of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson should light up a Rams secondary that has allowed the fifth most yards to receivers over the past four games. Jalen Ramsey remains an elite cornerback, and he'll probably shadow Jefferson for a lot of the game, but maybe not all the game. Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't do that. And I don't think it necessarily matters if Thielen tries to play or not. I think Jefferson would be his focus here. No receiver has scored in three weeks against the Rams, and bigger stats usually come from non-number one receivers. Like we've seen A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Laquan Treadwell and Randall Cobb do better against the Rams than number one receivers, and that's why I don't have an A grade on Justin Jefferson. I've just got the B grade on Justin Jefferson for this one. So then what about Adam Thielen if he plays, trying to come back on the early side of of a high ankle sprain? So, again, I don't think he's going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. I believe that'll be mostly Justin Jefferson. And that gives him far easier matchups against Deontay Dayton and David Long. Rams secondary is allowed the fifth most yards, 178 per game, and six most receptions to receivers over the last four games. And those numbers aren't going through Jalen Ramsey. They're going through the other guys like Dayton and Long. So there is a scenario here where Thielen has a decent game, but you worry about the ankle and a setback. This high ankle sprains re-injure all the time. There is real concern here about the efficacy and aggravation possibilities for Thielen in this game. I've got a C grade on Thielen. C grade on the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Man, it's hard to be enthused about Cousins' chances of success coming off a game when his offensive line delivered its worst performance of the year and Mike Zimmer only threw the ball 24 times despite a practice squad secondary. Right guard Mason Cole got destroyed by Akeem Hicks last week, and here comes Aaron Donald. So I'm 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 really nervous about this game for Cousins. Now, he has scored in 30 straight games. And he's thrown multiple touchdowns in seven straight games. The floor is still high for Cousins, but I don't see the upside in this one, and I've only got the C grade on Cousins. Last guy I'll mention, Tyler Conklin's on the bench. Rams are a middle-of-the-pack tight end defense. Decent tight ends generally fair. okay. The problem is Conklin's volume isn't good enough. He's seen three or fewer targets in four of the past five games. Scott. Yeah. Let's talk Browns, Packers. It looks like we're going to get a fairly heavy dose of Nick Chubb yes. in this game. Yes. Kareem Hunt's going to be out again. Passing game could be in shambles. What do you think about Nick Chubb against the Packers? I have a B grade on Chubb, and I could be convinced you could convince me into an A, which I think you're going to try to do just based on based on the look on your the face. Right now, I'm yeah. sensing your face mm-hmm. say he should be an A grade. Mm. Uh, the Packers held the last three backs they faced under total 100 total yards and only one score. Uh, if you ignore Dalvin in 11 
in week 11. That streak goes all the way back to week six, holding running backs under 100 combo yards, the, the starting running back. So, But they don't typically see the amount of volume that Nick Chubb is going to get. Yeah. <laughs> they usually see 15, 16 carry backs. Nick Chubb's a 20-plus touch guy, especially with Kareem Hunt out. So with Chubb's volume, I have a B grade on him. I don't like the passing game. I think you're right. I think it runs through Chubb. Mm-hmm. I don't like the passing game. I have, a, I have a bench grade on every guy in the Browns passing game. The pack has now allowed 12 quarterback touchdowns in the last three weeks, which sounds great. And Baker mass missed last week. He's going to be back because the 10 days will be up on Saturday right. right before the game. So he'll be, he'll be back, but he's been struggling to get over 250 yards and he rarely has multiple score de- games. You're just talking about cousins with a ton of them. Yeah. Baker has three multiple score games on the season. Yeah, that's disappointing. That you, that's not helping you in fantasy. I did. I like the way he looked in the last game yeah. he played. Yep. Um, coming off the bye week and healthier, but the up the fantasy upside just isn't there. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry, a couple good games like right before the bye, right as you're mentioning, a couple good games there. Before that, though, he had three games in a row under 26 total yards. He's only scored once on the season. He doesn't score because Baker's not throwing a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I have him on the bench. Donovan People Jones, he looks like he should be better than his stats ever show. I know that's it's always disappointing. You watch him play, you're like, he seems like he should be good. He seems like he should get deep shots, mm-hmm. but he's been sub fifty yards in three of the last four. And the Packers' pasty against wide receivers is just too good to handle that. Donovan everyday Peoples Jones, as he's like an everyday mm-hmm. person. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like it. Screw you guys. Austin Hooper coming back neutralizes Najoku and Hooper. So yeah, both unfortunately, on yeah, yeah. That, on the other, that's side. run its course. Yeah, on the others, no more Hooper scoopers. No, sadly. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers got an A grade on him. The Browns D has kept the score low in a lot of games recently. Only one time in the last nine weeks mm. has a, has an opponent topped 22 points against the Browns. Wow. They're keeping the score down. That said, earlier in the season, Cardinals, Chargers, Chiefs, a, a lot of the good teams actually mm-hmm. scored a lot of points on yeah. them. So I put the Packers more with those good teams that they've played, uh, 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 not like Las Vegas or um, – you know, the Tim Boyle-led Detroit Lions, <laughs> teams like that. Right. A grade on Rodgers. He's got multiple touchdowns in 13 of his last 14. Devontae Adams is an obvious A. He's got 100-plus and or a score in four straight. You aren't benching him. Alan Lazard, uh, buddy with my buddy A.J. Dillon. Oh, my ticket, there we no, go. Yeah. He's my ticket Had chance. to work that in one more time, <laughs> Take a you? chance on me, player. Randall Cobb, this will be the, his third game being on injured reserve, so he's he's definitely out. MVS tested positive on Tuesday. He's likely out. Um, so Lazard, get him in there. And the running game, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. This is just fun. It's like Javante Williams and uh, Melvin Gordon. It's just fun every week trying to oh, figure yeah. this out. Uh, I have a B grade this week on Aaron Jones. I have a C grade on A.J. Dillon. The Browns held down Jacobson Freeman. Um Yes, uh, Devontae Freeman twice, actually, in the last two weeks, last because they played him twice in a row with a bye in the middle. Mm-hmm. But before that, they gave up huge games to Swift and, and Stevenson and Mixon and Harris. And, and the Melvin-Javante duo, both were startable against them, and I think that's the good comparable. Yeah. The pass catcher did a little bit better work, and Aaron Jones is more of the pass catcher than Dylan. I will mention... 
Dylan gets way more red zone work, outtouching Jones 24 to 7 in the red zone the last five games that they played together. That's a lot of red zone that's, work. That's for a Dylan. big differential. That's a huge differential. Jones gets the receiving work. I think that's something you can bank on a mm-hmm. little better. So I have the B grade on Aaron Jones. The snaps have been pretty similar. Touches pretty similar. So B on Jones, C on Dylan. Yeah, that all that all makes sense. It's a very, very tricky semifinals week. You're looking for help for COVID players, injured players. Hopefully the show can help you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get any of the latest breaking player rankings that takes into account all the changing, shifting sands of this week number 16 of the NFL season, we encourage you to go to guillotineleagues.com. All my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, three tough questions. You can try to knock heads with our panel of experts. They're going to try to go three and oh, including some playoff oriented questions specifically for commissioners. We'll talk about that when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two of this semi-finals edition. We will have one more week of our regular Fantasy Football Weekly next week. Then after that, we go into off-season mode of Fantasy Football Weekly. We continue mm-hmm. to bring you Fantasy Football Weekly every week of the off-season, but it's podcast only. 
and it's a shorter edition. So we encourage you, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, Fantasy Football Weekly, we encourage you to do that. And a special bonus when you're listening, Charge does those from home. And he's in the studio for these. He's generally not wearing pants. I feel like you could, you could, yeah. it comes over the air. It really you does. Tell. You can tell. You, <laughs> you can, can tell, tell that I'm pantsless. And that's one of the, that's one of the reasons I hate coming in the studio. They're all <laughs> uptight about their pants. Wear policy. your pants. Oh, that's yeah. the reason I hate going to your house. <laughs> you're never wearing pants, and it's really awkward. But it's not for me. <laughs> I know. Just letting it all comfortable everywhere. What? Uh, how did? Uh, Letting it all hang out, George yeah, let, Costanza. It wasn't Costanza. It was, was, it was it? Kramer. Was it, it was Kramer? Kramer? Letting it oh, all yeah. hang out there. And, um, I knew the reference. I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. You, at least do, you do the Pooh Bear, at least, or you have the shirt on. Yeah, just the shirt. Yeah, the Pooh Bear. Very nice. Tough uh, question number one. For the rest of the season, Antonio Brown will be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex, or bench grade player. We begin with Scott Fish. I'm going with wide receiver two. Notice how I'm answering your question right away this time. I like that. So I Thank don't... you very much. Uh, he was wide receiver six overall in fantasy points per game before he went he went out on his injury. Uh, sounds like he's back. They say he's as healthy as he's been those extra three weeks while being suspended helped. Godwin and Evans won't be taking the top coverage, though, anymore. I'm going wide receiver, two on how much he'll get peppered with targets, but they may not be the same quality targets that they were at the beginning of the season. Okay. Brian, Antonio Brown, the rest of the year, will be a wide receiver, one, wide receiver, two, flex, or bench. So Brown's got the Panthers this week, the Jets next week, and then the Panthers again in week 18. And uh, those are – the Panthers Panthers not a great matchup, but – Stephen Gilmore and stuff? Those are bad offenses that Tampa Bay is going up against, so I don't see a a positive game script for Brown. If they were, you know, shootout-type matchups, I would say wide receiver one because Mike Evans is banged up. We all Mm -hmm. know Chris Godwin's out for the year. Leonard Fournette probably done for the regular season. But just based on the the, house, the the opponents are too soft – for Antonio Brown. So I'm moving with Fish and going wide receiver too. Brown is fresh and healthy, as you noted. He, in all probability, this passing offense is going to go through Brown uh, right. and a little to Gronk. We've seen it before, by the way. December of last year, at the end of the year, weeks 15 through 17, he averaged nine targets per game. Nine times. 88 yards. Nine and he times. scored in every game. Yeah. Weeks 15 through 17 last year. So schedule is a little bit tricky in that it's Carolina twice. Yeah. Stefan Gilmore yeah. is totally legit. Yep. This secondary yep. is great. It's good. And that worries me enough. I in my mind before I looked at the schedule, I was like wide receiver one. Right. Then I got to the schedule and I can't do it. Um granted, hopefully you're not playing in week eighteen against Carolina, but some of you are. And the rest of the Watch. way the rest of this this was phrased was rest of the season. Brashad Perriman, end of season breakout for <laughs> part two. It, it could happen. <laughs> what are we three years removed from that? Yeah, something two like years that. removed from yeah. that. Uh, the correct answer is wide receiver two. Tough question number two. What is the ideal playoff tiebreaker? So to be clear, what I'm talking about is two teams that both scored 87.6 points. How do you break that tie? And by the way, the most important thing is that you have a rule in place, any rule in place. Yeah. You do not want to have to figure it out after there already is a tie. Right. So what is the ideal playoff tiebreaker? Brian. Some people go, uh, how did you fare head-to-head against your opponent uh, in the regular season? But in, in most cases, you, you've played them twice at, at most, maybe just once. That's too small of a sample for me. Some people go with the, your highest-scoring bench player. Mm-mm. That's way too no. small of a sample no. for me, too. So no. I just go 
overall points on the season. You measure who had the best season in terms of total points. So you just go back to the regular season. Effectively a home field advantage. That's fine. Pretty much. So uh, total points for the regular season is my tiebreaker. Uh, okay, in a, Scott. In that scenario. I just go top seed. I feel like they've earned the top seed. They can be it. I, I don't know. home field advantage. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the points. Um, I I actually hate uh, <laughs> bench scoring stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I hate the I don't like how many touchdowns did your starter score because that is completely dependent on how that person d- wanted to design their team. Maybe it's a PPR league where they had Hunter Renfro who doesn't score a lot to, and he's I don't I don't like that you're dictating that. I just have top seed. You can't use anything involving the bench. By the way, do decimals to two places, people. Yeah, you could do hundredths place if you want to. Yeah. Uh, you can't use anything involving the bench. Uh, wins right. should not be a playoff win should not be decided by the injuries or COVID status of yours or your opponent's right. bench. Right. You know, you're playing to get the best possible starting lineup you could have. So that's out. Um, you should not use any previous results to Brian's point earlier. Um, small sample size and Brian and I played each other in week six and and yeah. I had four guys it's on high and he didn't. It's a different team. Yeah, yeah, right. So who knows? That's not good. It's gotta be something that happened from this week. Hmm. total yards of all of your starters, not including kickers and defense, gives me a pretty damn accurate estimation as to whose players had the best week. And you won't get a tie. And it's less fluky than the touchdowns. Totally fluky than the touchdowns. And to tie, you can tie touchdowns, too. You could have five, and yeah. I could have five. Right. And now we got to tie again. You're never going to tie in total yards. Technically, you could, though. You... <laughs> sure. I've got... 892, and you're going to have 892 total yards? Crazy. Come on. Happened. Not going to happen. All right. I That is the correct answer. Tough question mm. number three. You're on the clock for pick four of the first round of next year's draft. So we're advancing the clock to next yeah. August. Off the board are Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, because Melvin Gordon signed somewhere else, and Cooper Cup. Okay. Are off the board. Who are you taking? Pick four. You're on the clock, Scott. I I thought for a moment, just to be sneaky and weird, I thought about taking Mark Andrews because I love Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did not go that route. I went and played it safe with a guy who has 80 plus yards and/or a score in every game but one. He's had like 13 or 12 plus fantasy points in every game but one. He is as consistent as they come this year. And next year it might even be better. The the other guy on the other side of the field, you know, he's declined a little bit. They they need to make a move to get, We don't know get him who you're involved. talking about or I know. you're talking I'm about. I'm setting yet. it up. It is the best wide receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay, Justin Jefferson. Brian, you're Consistent. on the clock with pick number four of next year's draft. Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, and Cooper Cupper off the board. Who are you taking? I was going to go wide receiver, too, not Justin Jefferson. It was still going to be Devontae Adams. I'm not, I'm not going with Adams, either. I'm going back to Derrick Henry. Um, only eight games played this year. He's still, like, running back seven right now. <laughs> While most running backs have played 13, 14 games. Uh, I don't think the the wheels have not fallen off Henry entirely. He's not fallen off the cliff, however you want to put it. He'll uh, be turning 28 going into next year. He didn't get crazy usage in his first three seasons in the NFL. Yes, his last two seasons, he's seen 303 rushing attempts, 378 last year. But I'm bank. He could come back this year, by the way, for the playoffs. Uh, the oh, regular- he's going to come back yeah. this year so for the playoffs. Assuming he doesn't 
seriously injure himself for the remainder of the season. He goes through training camp unscathed. I'm just going to go back to Derrick Henry. He, you're not going to win your league because of him, but you're not going to lose your league by taking Derrick Henry fourth overall. One more year, Henry has premium production left in him. By the way, best wide receiver not named Cooper Cup, I should say. Best wide receiver on the board, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's probably true. <laughs> yes. Um, Derrick Henry is very tempting, and I think he will go in this spot in most drafts. He'll go. But yeah, the problem is 1,500 touches for Derrick Henry. The injuries have already started, and I worry they're going to keep mounting, and I'm not taking him at pick four next year. We are going with Travis Kelsey. There it is. An inconsistent, even in this, a more inconsistent season than most of his past several. Yeah. He's still the top scoring tight end in all probability this year. He's basically tied almost this will exactly be what, year six in a row, with Mark in Andrews a row? Yeah. in receptions, yards, and touchdowns for number yeah. one. Yeah. It just what's the, how do you not how do you argue with any of that? And the tight end position remains fraught with danger, agony, pain. People trying to find anybody with a pulse outside of Andrews and Kelsey. It's been a brutal year. Even other guys that we like, like George Kittle, Dawson yeah. Knox, have missed long stretches of games. You get a guy who never misses games at the at the positions at the position of greatest scarcity. Yep. You know who's regretted drafting Travis Kelsey? Over the last five years? Yeah, over the last no, five years. Nobody, nobody ever. Nobody. And that's why he is the correct answer for pick number four in next year's draft. Let's yeah, get I, back fig- I figured you'd go there. <laughs> I, I'm, it's, it wasn't hard to see. I let, I let you. I let, I, I Thank of, you very yeah. much. Devontae Adams was going to be my was my number two choice, by the way. I, see, where's he going to be? Uh, who's his quarterback going to be? Who's his quarterback? Where's where do I throw it out? Is, I don't know who his quarterback's yeah. going to be. Patrick, I know who Patrick Mahomes is going to be thrown to, and it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Let's go back to the matchups. Oh, hey, it's me. Pittsburgh Steelers taking on Kansas City. Hey, that's my matchup. Um, you'll want to, as we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'll want to watch the status of the Kansas City secondary, specifically starting cornerbacks, Charvarius Ward and Rashad Fenton. They're in the COVID protocol. And right now I'm assuming they're out. And so the grades you're going to hear are actually, uh, no, my grades are in as if they are playing. You can bump everybody up a letter grade if they do not go. Ooh. So, right now, I'm assuming they're out. No, I'm assuming they're in. I'm confusing myself now. I'm assuming they're in. You can bump everybody up. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger on the bench. He whiffed badly in a smash spot last week, and I can't recommend him in a far tougher matchup against a much-improved Chiefs pass defense. No opposing quarterback has topped 263 yards in seven games. Kansas City allowing just one passing touchdown per game since week eight, and I think that's about what one touchdown feels about right for Ben here. The loss of touchdown score, Pat Fryermuth, is a big loss it for is. Ben's upside. It is. And he is not expected to play in this game. Let's talk about Deontay Johnson. In the five games prior to last week's dud, Deontay had commanded double-digit targets in every game. I averaged 92 yards and scored three times. Nobody will benefit more than Johnson if Ward and or Fenton can't go in this game. Chiefs secondaries improved a lot, but they've given up five scores and four 75-yard receivers. In the last five games, Johnson's a B grade for now. Chase Claypool is so dangerous. Mm. It's been a brutal couple of weeks for Chase Chase Claypool. He selfishly botched the end of the Minnesota game two weeks ago. And then last week, he saw the lowest snap count of his season, just 31 plays. And he finished last week with one reception. It sure looks like he's in the doghouse. Ray Ray McLeod had more snaps and more targets than (laughs) Chase Claypool last week. 
Claypool, assuming when he is on the field, will see a fair amount of the Chiefs' only non-COVID cornerback, Mike Hughes, who has been shockingly competent. And that's why just the C grade on Chase Claypool in this game. All right, then Najee Harris. I think he bounces back from last week's horrific game. Despite a dominant stretch over the middle of the season, Kansas City has been giving up a lot of yards lately to opposing running backs over the last three games. Opposing runners averaging 181 total yards per game. That is staggering. That would be the worst total if applied over a full season, the 181 total yards per game. Steelers' offensive line, though, is so bad that I can't give Harris an A grade in this game like I would want to, and he's posted so many duds. Still, this looks like a good opportunity for him and a B grade for Najee Harris. All right, let's go over to Kansas City, which has got its own issues. Uh, well, actually, a lot of issues. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in the COVID protocol both could be cleared before kickoff. So apply your own judgment and, and what you've learned closer to kickoff. Tyreek Hill is an obvious A if he can go. Um, even with all of Mahomes' ups and downs over the past two months, he's been, by and large, very consistent. Obvious A for him. Travis Kelsey, though, um, I'm only giving a B grade, even if he can go, despite last week's obvious blow-up game. It was just his second game with a touchdown in the last nine weeks, and the Steelers are really good against tight ends. That sounds like a guy you should take Justin Jefferson over. In yeah, it season. is. <laughs> Number three next Correct. Week. Justin Jefferson also would be great in this, uh, I'm just this week. Kidding. I'm just kidding. That's fine. Uh, no tight end has scored in 10 weeks against Pittsburgh. No tight end has topped 50 yards in six games against Pittsburgh. Other excellent tight ends like Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, those guys averaged three catches, 38 yards, none of them scored. That's why I've only got the B grade on Travis Kelsey if he can go in this game. And if they can't go in this game, you may be tempted to pivot to Mecole Hardman, Josh Gordon, Byron Pringle, or Demarcus Robinson. But that's the whole problem. Which one would you even pivot to in that scenario? You'd be just throwing darts, and that's not worth anything. Good luck figuring out which guy would be the best one. We won't pivot to any of those guys. So what to do about Patrick Mahomes? Be great on him. We'll upgrade him to an A if Hill and Kelsey become available. If not, I worry about an unusually run-heavy game plan favoring Clyde Edwards-Alaire against a terrible Steelers run defense. And let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire for a minute. If you believe, like I do, that this team's going to run more than they usually do, you'll like Clyde. His 71% snap share last week was a great indicator, although it didn't turn into a lot of good stats. For the Steelers, every game seems to keep getting easier. This team has allowed 159 total yards per game, third most to opposing running backs, and they've just been gouged over the last three weeks in particular. So Clyde edwards he won't get all of the 159 yards, but I think he could get easily to 100 yards, and he gets a B grade in this game, and you could pivot, if if necessary, to Daryl Williams as well, who continues to be a shockingly big part of this game plan and continues to be productive, and again, Steelers a terrible run defense. Let's take a break. When we come back, New York Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Giants passing game is, is a disaster, but Saquon Barkley, ooh, what do you do about him in a tricky matchup with the yeah, Eagles? I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll talk that through in moments when we come back to segment number two, our number two, Fantasy Football Weekly.
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. I am at Paul Charchi and Scott is at ScottFish24. And Brian is at BTXJ, which sounds like a weather thing. When you got that random X, like, right in the middle of things. Do you want to know you do a lot the, of quick, weather? the quick origin of yeah, it? Yeah, actually, I don't know. I'm not going to say what my middle name is, but it starts with the T. But the X... You have to pick a confirmation name, right? If I didn't go yeah. to Catholic school, but I yeah. went to like Sunday school or whatever. When you get confirmed, you, you pick a saint, and I went with with Xavier okay. because I, I grew up liking the Knicks and Xavier <laughs> McDaniel. And you're supposed to do a speech on like why you you picked the saint. Did you, did you say and that I did why? say that. And okay, thankfully it wasn't in the days where I get beaten by like a yardstick by a nun, right, but they right. they were in not the 50s, pleased. That was it. And that's always kind of been like my username. So I picked it as my right. Twitter name, and there we go. You're st- you're, you've carried it across all this time. Chargers take on the Texans, Brian. It looks like Austin Eckler's not going to go in this game. And, man, whoever does start has got a juicy matchup against a bad run defense. Yeah, yeah. I was going to give Eckler the A, but uh, basically in his own words, it's not looking good for him to play, uh, even though he right. is vaccinated. Uh, but he's not feeling too hot, so – under that assumption, I'm going to – I mean, if Eckler goes, you give him the A, but uh, it's really looking like it's going to be Justin Jackson and then Joshua Kelly. I'll give Jackson mm-hmm. the, a B and Kelly 
a C in this one. It's a great matchup. Houston has allowed the most rushing yards and the second most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. So just a situation you're going to have to monitor leading up uh, monitor leading up to kickoff. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't sound like Eckler is going to go, though. Um, Keenan Allen will go, uh, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully he goes. Uh, no reason he wouldn't. Opposing wide receivers haven't posted big numbers lately against Houston, but the competition has been pretty weak. Outside of Tyler Lockett, the very comparable Tyler Lockett to Keenan Allen, Lockett had five catches, 142 yards, and one touchdown against the Texans in Week 14, so Allen gets an A. Mike Williams, uh, man, major disappointment after a monster start to the season. Just a C for him here. Uh, But Williams, 6'4", 225 pounds, will square off most with the 5'10", 200-pound Desmond King on the outside, Mm -hmm. who surrendered at least 50 yards and or a touchdown in three of his last four games, so a safe C. Yeah, but you know, is there Mike anything Wood? safe with him? And how no, many times are we going to really. talk about positive matchups for Mike Williams that he does not make good on? I know. I know. You got to temper your expectations with Williams, but he does. Yeah, he's he's pretty much a boom or a bust player, but it is a, it is a boom matchup, or it should be, but no promises there. Um, a great matchup for Jared Cook because of the unfortunate and scary injury to teammate Donald Parham last Thursday. Parham unlikely to go, so Cook should see the most of the work at tight end for the Chargers against the Texans, who have allowed the fourth most t- tight end touchdowns. And just last week, Jacksonville's James O'Shaughnessy and Chris Manhurts combined mm. for five catches and 71 yards against Houston. So that's almost a safe floor for Cook in this matchup. And uh, speaking of safe, Justin Herbert, the Air Bear, gets an A. Again, the the Houston secondary looks like it's been playing better as of late, but they faced the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Jets, the Mm. Titans, the Dolphins. The four good quarterbacks to face the Texans, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford, have averaged 269 yards and two and a half passing touchdowns. I'd take 270 and two and a half. Yeah, that's a floor for the Air Bear here, Mm -hmm. so uh, he he gets the A. And Rex Burkhead, I'm sorry, we're going over to Houston now. Not a lot to talk about here. Rex Burkhead, the C-Rex. Was my take a chance on me running back? A uh, great matchup for him. Brandon Cooks gets Might a C. Might not play, though. Might not play. Probably will. Helped a lot of people advance or survive in their guillotine yeah. league last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like his prospects prospects as much this week. He doesn't. He's not playing the Jaguars again. The Chargers have given up good wide receiver numbers as of late, but that's been to the, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Vikings. All those teams have multiple good receivers on their team. It's all Brandon Cooks for Houston. He's going to draw a ton of attention from Asante Samuel just, and or Derwin James. Just for the listeners, he tested positive on Wednesday, so yeah, he right? can so test out. He could test out. If if it turns out he's just close contact, yeah. whatever. No, he tested positive. Oh, he tested? Yes. Well, okay. All yes. right. So, yeah, not looking good for Cooks. And if he, he does go, uh, temporary re- expectations for him. Uh, not going to mention any other wide receivers for the Texans. Even if Cooks somehow sits, I, he can't go Nico, Nico Collins yeah. or Chris mm-hmm. Collins. It's a little too rough. A little too risky for uh, Week 16. And yes. uh, sadly, my boy Davis Mills also on the bench in this one. is not a good week. No, and we, and we like Davis Mills and Love what he's him. been able to do. But it's uh, it's not. He has, and he's been fantasy friendly. In a lot of st- a lot of spots where nobody would have expected it, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure, Scott. 
for the Giants, I don't think we need to spend really any time on the passing game <laughs> nope. led by. Is it Jake Fromm, right? It's going to yeah, get the start. It sounds Jake like Fromm it. Led passing it, it, game. No, they're being coy with it because oh, there, there's a, a distinct so advantage. Right, that, right. Is it Glennon? Is it Fromm? That's, you know, that's a competitive advantage there. All right, but let's talk about Saquon Barkley, the yes. only guy that a playoff team might be considering starting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not been great. And we were mentioning off air that it, him and Booker both looked like – you couldn't tell who was who because Booker, Booker looked, looked good. good. And their their snaps and their touches were were split more evenly than you'd like. I Barkley, I am giving a C grade too. And here's why. He gets about three to six catches every game. He gets about 30 yards receiving most games or more, 30, 40, whatever. Mm-hmm. But here is his yardage lines in the last seven or so games. 57 yards, 51, 52, 55, 64, 50. Those are the rushing stats, just yeah. rushing. Right. He's getting you five to six points rushing. He's getting you a few catches. He's getting you 20, 30 yards. You're, you're already up to 10, 11, 12 yeah, That's all I'm getting points. out of Barkley is 10. But exactly. That's basically all you're getting. So I'm giving him a C grade. That's like a C-worthy that, amount. That is C-worthy. On the other side, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I have an A grade on Jalen Hurts. He has finished as a top 12 quarterback this year nine times. How many? Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Plus another two times, making 11 total. <laughs> when when he doesn't get it done with his arm, his legs get it done. I don't know. If, did you miss that, that I added two to make it 11 total? Very I just nice. wanted you to play the Thank sounder. Thank you. Sometimes you get both, and the ceiling is sky high. Four weeks ago, these two met. He had three rushing touchdowns. Since then, the Giants have allowed an average of nearly 250 yards and two scores passing. You might, you might get the double dip. You might get the double dip here. Yep. A grade on Hertz. C grade on Devonta Smith. With the running game becoming a bigger and bigger thing, the passing game has really fallen off. Smith doesn't hit those A or B categories anymore. He's, but he has top 40 yards in three straight. He's got that that upside. He's mm-hmm. He can occasionally score touchdowns. The Giants have allowed 50-plus yards and or a score to eight wide receivers in just the last three weeks. This is the only wide receiver you can start, but I'm only giving him a C grade. Dallas Goddard. A grade, 100 yeah. plus in two straight, 50 plus and or a score in eight of his 13 games. That's How about that? like, that's, that's yep. real. They, you just plug and play him when he's starting. The Giants D has given up a lot of big plays, to, big days to tight ends. 10 different tight ends have gone for 60 plus and or a score. Ooh. That's, I like Goddard a lot. Yeah, it's definite A grade there. Mm hmm. In the running game, I told you Jordan Howard was my take-a-chance-on-me runner. That's because the Eagles are running constantly. They're the first team with 175-plus rushing yards in seven straight games. Wow. Since the 1985 Bears. Really? Wow. Yeah, thanks Holy to cow. Adam Azer for that stat. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> this, this is a team that, t- that gives the running backs over 30 touches per game. Mm-hmm. If Sanders go, he should. He's He's got a quad injury he's dealing with. Uh, he played right up till the end of the last game. If Sanders goes, I have an A grade on him. He exploded last week. He should be in line for 15 to 20 touches. The Giants are allowing, uh, just like the Eagles are are doing 30 plus touches to running backs a game 140 plus total yards and back-to-back for Sanders. So I have an A grade on Sanders, a C grade on Howard, hoping he gets that 10 plus touches that he normally gets. Bears take on the Seahawks and let's talk through the Bears side of this beginning with David Montgomery. We'll start with the running game here, slumping Seattle run defense, allowing the fifth most rushing attempts, the most receptions, the fourth most receiving yards per game to opposing backs over the last five weeks. And, Montgomery, a capable receiver. So I think he cashes in Aaron ground here. They've also given up four touchdowns to runners over the last five games. He could find the end zone. 
On Tuesday, Sony Walkman and Daryl Henderson combined for 142 total yards against Seattle. And really, Montgomery doesn't share much workload with anybody else. He might get a lot of that same kind of 142. Mm. I could see him easily going over 100 here in a touchdown, certainly within the realm of possibility. I've got a B grade on David Montgomery. Let's go to the passing game where Justin Fields, get this. I don't think most listeners would guess this. Justin Fields has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in four straight weeks. All four full games, yep. Yep, all four full games. He has thrown for at least 285 yards and or multiple scores in his last three full games. And over the last five weeks, he's averaged eight rushing attempts and 56 rushing yards, which gives him a very safe floor for fantasy production as, as well when you get those rushing yards. Seattle's allowed at least 300 passing yards and or multiple passing touchdowns in four of the last five games. I've got a B grade on Justin Fields. Yep. If the Jaguars could turn back the clock, do they they take Justin Fields number one overall, don't they? I think they would. I mean, it wouldn't it probably would not be Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think Justin Fields has yet turned this into any kind of mandate. I don't know. That's a great question, though. But and one for probably a different show. When we're trying to kill time in February, gotcha. That's our time to go. talk about that that particular topic, I think. All right, let's go to uh, Darnell Mooney, the number one receiver for Justin Fields. He's had exactly five receptions in four of the past five games. But five receptions for him can mean anything between 27 yards and 123 yards. I wish he'd find the end zone more often as well for Mooney. Just three touchdowns on the season, which is a little bit disappointing. Seattle doesn't give up a lot of scores to wide receivers. Prior to Cooper Cup's breakout game on Tuesday, no receiver had scored in five straight games against Seattle. So I can only get him to a C grade on yardage when I don't expect Mooney to score. Allen Robinson should be off the COVID list by kickoff, but he's barely played in two months, and the matchup's not that favorable, so he's on the bench. Cole Komet is a startable commodity at tight end, averaging a whopping eight targets per game over the last month, or as Scott Fish would call it, Nine, Nine minus one targets <laughs> over the last month. Seattle's been hammered by high-volume tight ends lately. George Kittle, Zach Ertz killed them. Now, granted, they're way better than Cole Komet, but still, only three teams have allowed more tight end touchdowns than Seattle's eight. So I like Komet here. Spot start. So Jimmy Graham, guaranteed touchdown. Uh, that could probably go yeah. that way. <laughs> He's vultured too so far. Hey, revenge year. game, Jimmy Graham. Second, yeah, second leg of the that, uh, tour. Good, that is a good point. Revenge game, Jimmy Graham. Uh, but we're not starting Jimmy Graham. We're giving the uh, the dart throw to Cole Komet. Let's go to the Seattle side. Uh, okay, what to do with Russell Wilson. After the great start to the season, uh, averaging a full touchdown. Oh, sorry. That is, sorry, wrong guy. For Russell Wilson, we're going to upgrade him to a B if a bunch of the members of the, the Bears secondary are out again, which is possible. And unlike Minnesota last week, Seattle's actually going to throw on the Bears. Uh, why the Vikings didn't to me is utterly head-scratching, and I don't understand it. Seattle will not make the same mistake. The Bears have allowed the second-most passing touchdowns over the last five weeks. You can start Russell Wilson. I've got a C-grade on him now. It'll be higher if a lot of that secondary does not come back from COVID. So how about his receivers? Tyler Lockett expected to clear the COVID protocol by kickoff. He's got a favorable matchup in the slot, a position that Chicago keeps trying and failing to fix by rotating various guys in. I think they'll try Xavier Crawford if he's available. If he can't go, they might have to go all the way down to Marquis Christian, who is allowing a perfect passer rating in his coverage. So I like Tyler Lockett here a lot. He was red hot before the COVID list as well. So I've got a B grade on Tyler Lockett. Then to DK Metcalf. Wow. 
He has not scored a touchdown <laughs> since week eight. Total disaster after yeah. being a very bankable commodity at the start of the season. He's had a bunch of positive matchups and failed to come through for you. This is another one. Take it with a grain of salt. If Chicago's best cornerback, Jalen Johnson, returns from COVID, he will shadow Metcalf here. Johnson had a similar assignment against Devontae Adams two weeks ago, although they're totally different receivers. And he allowed 58 yards and a touchdown in his coverage. If Johnson can't go, we'll bump DK Metcalf up to a B, but I've got him at a C grade right now. So then the Seattle running backs. So we've had Rashad Penny had the blow-up game two weeks ago when he when he had two long runs for touchdowns. Then he did absolutely nothing last week. Then also disturbing last week, DJ Dallas had a 50% timeshare yeah. with Rashad Penny. Now, Akeem, uh, Akeem Hicks is out, so maybe that makes things a little bit easier to run up the middle. But the Bears have been a really good run defense. It's only allowed one runner to top 89 yards all season long. They just bottled up way better running back Dalvin Cook for 3.2 yards per carry last week. I just, I can't, I can't advocate any of these guys. I'm keeping them all on the bench and bench grades for Penny and DJ Dallas. Uh, Gerald Everett, tight end, also on the bench. Uh, mild, he's been mildly fantasy relevant lately, but Ch- Chicago's been an elite tight end defense including a ranking fourth among all uh, defenses in tight end defense. Um, let's try to work in one more matchup. Tampa Bay, can. Carolina. Yeah, can go quick. All right, good. Then let's do it. Ronald Jones was your take a chance on me running back charge. That's a pretty easy call. I like yeah. that one. Uh, Mike Evans, not so easy. You can give him a C. He's going to try and play through this hamstring injury, but likely to be shadowed by Stefan Gilmore. Plus the hammy. These are very, very bad things. So they just are. a C. Both of them. For Mike Evans. Uh, Antonio Brown, going to give him a B. Uh, Brown will seemingly step into the Chris Godwin role uh, that Godwin had when Antonio Brown was out. Now Antonio Brown is in without Chris Godwin. So we're basically looking at guaranteed double-digit targets for Brown. Mm, feels that way. Carolina has surrendered yep. seven wide receiver touchdowns over their last four games. So if you're super desperate, you can also throw a C-dart, heave a harpoon at Scott don't call me Scotty anymore, Miller, uh, in deeper leagues. Scott Miller, uh, worth, worth a shot. And Rob Gronkowski, certainly worth a shot. Oh, more than worth a shot. I love Gronk this week. And yeah, I, I, I like should Gronk say, this week. divisional matchup, first meeting, very rare. We, we mentioned it earlier in the show. They're yeah. going to play again in week 18, so there, there's not any recent history here. But I'm going to give B uh, a Gronk a B, a tough matchup. Over the last week, the Panthers have allowed the 16th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And on the year, Carolina has only allowed two top 12 finishes to hmm. the position. But Gronk should push double-digit targets in this one as well. He's an easy start. And Brady, Tom Brady, of course, not a very easy start uh, because of the loss of Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, the hobbled mm-hmm. Mike Evans, still going right. to give him a B. Um, despite the fact the Panthers only fourth lowest opponent passing play percentage and are allowing just 179 passing yards per game. That's the second fewest, but uh, I don't trust the Bucks' run game a whole lot. I still like Ronald Jones. Don't get me wrong, Charge. And uh, Carolina's offense should struggle to stay on the field. So let's talk about them for about five <laughs> seconds. Right. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he's on the bench. He the is. Bucks are allowing just 96 combo yards and just over half a touchdown per game to running backs. Well, and he's not good enough to keep Amir Abdullah off the field. Chuba Gross. not gooding. 
I'll June? just stop. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah. Workshop that separately. Keep, Come get back to us. You know, uh, DJ Moore, if he plays, he, he's dealing with a hamstring in, injury himself. I will give him a C just based on expected volume. Uh, he should be a lock for double-digit targets if he goes. And as far as the quarterbacks go for Carolina, no. we'll see the sum of Sam Darnold mm-hmm. oh, yeah. come back. Yes. Nothing instills confidence like we're starting Cam, but you'll see Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold too. Yeah, right. Cam, uh, what does that say about Cam? Well, his play on the field says a lot. It's overall just very, very gross for Carolina. I know. Poor DJ Moore deserves better than mm-hmm. what he's gotten through that offense. When we come back, final segment for Fantasy Football Weekly in this semifinals edition, including Denver Broncos taking on the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders. Javante Williams, is this going to be one of his big games? He was trending towards more use last week. Mm -hmm. We'll see what Scott Fish Mm -hmm. has to say Mm -hmm. about his prospects when we return. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Final edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. It's three matchups left, beginning with Denver taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Scott, talk to me about the running back situation. We saw Javante Williams edge out a little bit of a lead in runs and touches last week. Do you think that continues? I do. I do. I have Williams slightly over Gordon, but I still have them both B grades. I wish I could give one of them a B plus, but apparently cannot I cannot do, cannot cannot do that do on that. this show. No. Uh, since Gordon has returned, Gordon has outtouched Williams 40 to 34. Mm-hmm. 
Williams has out has out gained Gordon 174 to 172. <laughs> Williams gets more receiving work. Gordon gets a ton more red zone touches, 11 to three. It split all over, but the snaps went really down for Gordon last week, and I wonder if that's a trend because they were going down two weeks in a row before mm-hmm. the injury as well. Right. So I like Williams a little bit more. I do have B grades on both of them. In the passing game, this is one of those super weird. I like Drew Locke. You had him as your take a chance I on do. me, Claire. C grade. I don't know who to start. He was great with Sutton two years ago. In the one game earlier this year, Sutton had like 50 yards. Mm-hmm. But Judy, Sutton's done nothing for Judy most didn't of play. The year, right? Judy didn't play. And at the end of last year, mm-hmm. Locke was great with Judy. Judy like had 140 yards in this matchup last year with Locke. Ugh. But can we trust it here? Can we trust Tim Patrick? Do you want to tr- trust Fant and Albert O together? They had 57 and 58 yards last week. No. No. The Raiders have allowed a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, but not a lot of yards. You don't know where it's going. I'm starting no receivers for I'm the Broncos. Cool. I'm cool with that. But I'm starting the quarterback. I like it. It makes sense. <laughs> on the other side, Derek Carr, I have a bench grade on. Over the last five games, the Broncos held Prescott, Hurts, Mahomes, Goff, Burrow, all under 235 yards. And those aren't terrible quarterbacks. Well, you know, say what you will about Goff. Right. But the rest are pretty good. Uh, three of them under 200. Uh Carr, on the other side, he's throwing for about an average of 250 yards over the last five, but just three touchdown passes over the last five. I have him on the bench. I have the tight ends on the bench. Waller's probably not going to go, and if he doesn't, Moreau's going to get the work. But the Broncos' defense hasn't allowed a tight end over 30 yards in six weeks. Mm. Hunter Renfro, though, B grade. At this point, you just got to believe he's a stud. It was a little bit of a dud last week. Before that, he had 100-plus yards and three straight, eight-plus catches. He's getting tons of targets. Uh, Even even last week, he had a decent amount of targets. I think he goes back to the double digits here. Last time they played, he had eight for seventy-three. I think this is this is a spot where he's going to get a bad again. Uh, Josh Jacobs, B grade. It was nice to see Jacobs get back to the eighteen-plus touches after a light day in Week fourteen. Drake is still out. Jacobs is getting that catching work. Seventeen catches in the last, since Jacobs gone since uh, Kenyon Drake has gone out. So you're going to see three, four, five, six catches. You're going to see B-level work out of Jacobs here. All right. Washington, uh, no, I'm, actually, I go last. Sorry. We go to Miami taking on the Saints. Brian. Yeah, I, I almost nailed my take a chance on me running back last week with Salvin Ahmed. I knew a backup yeah, yeah, yeah. running right. back for the Dolphins right. didn't go off, but it was Duke, Duke Johnson, yeah. uh, which was kind of odd because Miles Gaskin was running well. Maybe, maybe a little lingering effects of COVID. Uh, more of a time split I'm looking at here. I, I got them both on the bench. It's a tough matchup. The Saints have allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards uh, and the fifth fewest touchdowns to opposing running backs. You can't trust Either the either of these guys in uh, the semifinals this week, so both on the bench. Jalen Waddle, though not on the bench, he will make his return from COVID reserve. We're going to give him a B. He will uh, line up most often against Saints slot corner Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Mm. Pro Football Focus's 151st ranked corner. Love Waddle and his return. And Devontae Parker. Can give him a C. He could avoid Marshawn Lattimore if he stays on the left side primarily. There's a small chance they have Lattimore shadow Parker, but either way, I think Tua throws it a ton in this game, and Parker plays well when he's healthy. Take advantage of, advantage of that uh, when possible, and uh, he is healthy right now, so I like Parker. I will start Mike Gesicki with a C grade. I don't like him a whole lot, though, since his goose egg in Week 10. Gesicki has only been averaging five targets and 39 mm. yards per game. He hasn't scored since Week 7. The Saints have only given up given up three touchdowns to tight ends all season, and over the last five weeks, opposing tight ends are averaging just 43 yards per game. I do like Tua, though. He was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. 
And now, speaking of taking a chance on a quarterback, don't take a chance on Ian Book. No, probably not. <laughs> who is mo- uh, most likely will be starting this game with yeah. Taysom Hill uh, testing positive for COVID. Uh, Book, yeah, he's on the bench. All the receivers are on the bench. And really, mm. they were going to be on the bench anyway, even with Taysom Hill they at were. quarterback. Uh, the only but this s- also hurts Kamara, too, obviously. Yeah, I, I liked Kamara a little more with Hill at quarterback. Sure. Book, but, I mean, by the way, Book in college like, threw to his running backs like 20% of the time. In the preseason, like 25% of the time. Oh, so. well, that's a good sign. Yeah, I'll take that. He'll, he'll be leaning on Kamara a lot, but... Uh, but so will the, the Dolphins know who to are, folk key yeah. in on. It's mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. It's just a C for him. The Dolphins are the only team that has not allowed a single running back touchdown over the last five weeks. Opposing backs have averaged the third fewest rush attempts over that span. The Dolphins have only allowed two receiving touchdowns all season. Uh, Kamara wet the bed last week. He could do it again, but uh, he can't. He can't bench him, so he gets a C. Washington takes on the Dallas Cowboys and. There's not a lot to like on the Washington side of this. Uh, Antonio Gibson mispracticed on Wednesday and Thursday with a toe injury. J.D. McKissick's on IR. Jared Patterson it, might be the last man. It is worth here. noting Gibson played almost the entire game on the toe injury. That too. is true. And I'm not reading too much too much into that at this point. So we'll, uh, we'll assume he's going to start in this one. He, the only thing going for him is just volume. He's averaging 24 touches per game since week nine. Mm. But he's not doing anything with it. He's been yeah. below four yards per carry in four straight games. So, and Dallas is giving up four and a half yards per carry. So that gives Gibson a little bit of hope here. Opposing number one receivers, sorry, runners have scored in three of the past four for Dallas. So I've got a B grade on Antonio Gibson under the assumption he's going to go and get the 24 carries he usually gets. The passing game I don't like very much. Taylor Heineke has cleared the protocol, but he's thrown exactly one touchdown in six of the past eight games, including his last game, which was against these same Cowboys it's just one touchdown. If he's going to get it, it'll go to Terry McLaurin. Fortunately, Cowboys secondary has been vulnerable lately. McLaurin's been has done nothing, yeah. by the way. Uh, but you could dust him off here with a C grade. Dallas giving up 178 yards per game to receivers. That's sixth most. McLaurin's going to draw a lot of cornerback Trayvon Diggs. But as I like to remind people, he's allowed the most yards of any player in his coverage. 899 yards charged to Trayvon Diggs so far. Yep. Let's go to the Dallas side. Many Washington players still in the COVID protocol, and maybe most significantly among them, two starting cornerbacks. Uh, Kendall Fuller's in the COVID protocol as well, and William Jackson's just beat up. So we're going to follow their status pretty closely here and see what we can figure out for them. For Dak Prescott, continually disappointing in a month of straight good matchups on paper, he continues to disappoint. Yeah. And I, I keep grading it's him higher than he ends up finishing. He's now thrown one touchdown pass in three straight games and averaging just 222 passing yards over those games. And one of those games was against Washington two weeks ago. So I'd love to – I on paper, he should be an A grade. Right. But I'm only giving him a B grade here. And frankly, it's recent play – He's got to prove that. himself to you. He does, to me personally, because <laughs> he's let me down. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. Has posted, has posted seven catches for 61. He did post seven catches, 61 scoreless yards when these teams met a couple of weeks ago. And that's almost exactly his average game over the last three. Seven catches, 61 yards, which is very average. Washington's a middle-of-the-pack receiver defense. Um, but again, they could be missing two key cornerbacks, at which point I would upgrade CeeDee Lamb from a B to an A. Amari Cooper, what a disaster season yeah. it's been for him. His 51 yards against Washington two weeks ago is the most he has had in any of his last five games, 51 yards. Washington, 
has improved to middle of the pack against receivers over the last six games, giving up 150 yards per game to the position. So just a C grade on Amari Cooper, C grade on Michael Gallup, who's getting targets, but he is not doing a lot with them, unfortunately, and he hasn't scored only one tor- score on the season so far. And then the last guy in the passing game to mention, Dalton Schultz. Only one catch for four scoreless yards when these teams first met in week 14. But the football team would be playing on a short week, and they were mm-hmm. just lit up by Dallas Goddard. So there's yep. that. Yep. Then what do you do about Zeke and Pollard? Elliott's now gone eight consecutive games without clearing 60 yards on the Ugh. ground, which is gross. Yep. Pollard shockingly active last week, coming off his uh, foot And he looked injury, good. And he did look good. Really, they should both be bench grades, but I'm going to put give Zeke a C grade because he continues to get the ball at the stripe, and, and yeah. that might be your best chance for him against a very good Washington run defense. Yep. I'm leaving Pollard on the bench, so there you go. Whew. All right. Hopefully some part of this holds up for you in the semifinals. A lot of moving parts, really testing your skills. We'll be back next week for the championship edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 